0: Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory Garay, TJ Beater, and Kathy Garay. Each week, we talk about the connections between owners and their pets, with an emphasis on topics that apply to greyhounds. If you want to hear more about your best friend, stay tuned. Now, here are your hosts.
1: You know, if you just don't love the drumming and bass in that song, something's wrong with you. Time to turn it up the Internet. Rock your roof off, too. I am the commissioner. Yes, really, I am a real commissioner. Kathy will not be joining me today because, well, I'm not going to say what she's probably playing with over at the house. But earlier in the week, I walked home from my studio and office that is next door to our home. And I walked in the house and she's just got this huge smile on her face. And then I look and I see this little thing in her hand. I probably should have worded that a little different. But she had this little toy in her hand. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, the Baby Yoda. The Baby Yoda's arrived. She was so (laughs) excited. And if you hear some squealing, that's going to be our engineer, Aaron, because I did ask, did you buy Aaron one? And she's like, yes, we did. So we just got to get over there to deliver it to him next week. Uh, So it's going to be a lot of fun today. Um, Back with the... Part two of this, I learned a lot last week, and I was even actually a little motivated myself to go download a few other um, artists to put in my rotation that I was listening to this week. I've downloaded some autograph and uh, some In Living Color uh, to add into my rotation and been enjoying listening to them this week, along with my normal rotation. So now let me just shut up and introduce today's guest host. Who was with us last week, someone I personally need to fly out to Arizona and get a better picture of me because I'm just really tired of the Arizona Republic using that shit eating grin picture of me they have in all the articles <laughs> they write about the racing commission in Arizona. Marcy, welcome back to the guest host seat.
2: Why thank you, Rory. I'm glad to be here again. And yes, fly me out to Arizona, get me the heck out of Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know I'll if you want to come out. Photos. Here. <laughs> not right Why now. Not? We're gonna be we're in the hundred. Yeah, that sucks. Tell let me tell you.
2: <laughs> I'll take it. Can the, I'll put my swimsuit on. oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's been toasty, uh, but you know, we deal with it. It's what we live for. Uh you know, we have to deal with a couple of months of it sucking and then the rest of the year it's pretty good. Um and you know, at some point in time I think we need to when the when the everything gets back, I think. Kicks needs to come out and play in Arizona somewhere, so a southwestern fans can uh, get out to see them. What do you think?
3: You know, we had a we had a venue there in Phoenix. Uh, we played two years in a row, I think, and then it closed. Uh, it was uh, BLK Live. Yeah, that's and um, that that was a great venue, and it just it, it just it closed up, and it, and they were doing well too. They had all of the bands in there and the place is packed all the time. So I don't really know what happened. It's unfortunate, but, but that was the one place in Phoenix that we were pretty regular at. And we, we liked that place quite a bit, but unfortunately as ha- as does happen now and then uh, places uh, just close up and go by the wayside, you know, it could be, you know, owners disagreeing on what to do in the direction of the club and all that kind of stuff, you know, that it just happens, I guess. So, um, but yeah, It couldn't but be because they weren't making money because they they re- that place was really popping. So
1: yeah, well, hopefully hopefully there'll be another venue that might be uh, interested in getting you guys out here because yeah, we'd really love to see you. And I would we'll, we'll, either I have to fly out to Pennsylvania at some point in time and, and meet the band, or you guys have to come out here so I can meet meet you guys. And and but if you come out here, you have to bring Marcy and Frank along as well. <laughs> we we hallelujah yeah we'll go. You know we're playing. <laughs> You don't have to fly all the way here.
3: We play in Texas, and uh, we're we're uh, we play a place in El Paso that that uh, that's not all that far from you. Um, so you don't have to oh. fly very far. We're playing da- Dallas and Houston at some point uh, this year. Um, Gas Monkey Live down there in Dallas is going to have us in there.
1: Oh, so, yeah, um,
3: that should be good.
1: But it's not that far. Is that the guy that's associated with the Gas Monkey Garage?
3: Yeah, same guy Richard Rawlings. Yeah, he's got yeah. He's got a venue. Nice. He actually has two nice venues down there.
1: So and he's a fan. He... So uh, good for him. Awesome. Well, we need to get him to to create a kicks car. Oh uh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, ZZ
2: Top hat. Their signature cars, right? <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Exactly. And, and well, case, we know what be that a, means a, a, Mark. A, <laughs> it'd be a it'd be a We a, gotta create a, new
2: Kix license plates.
3: <laughs> yeah. The yeah, old uh, uh Delta eighty eight with the fenders falling off and rusted out, that would be the Kixmobile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, um last week we uh, before, as we were ending the show you were you were talking a little bit about your uh, your pups that you have. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of revisit them and kind of um, have you tell the listeners because uh, I'm I'm a huge dog lover and um, as soon as the things you said I was like okay I love this dude already he's a cool dude um, oh, tell us a little bit about your pups and how they've uh, they enrich your life.
3: Well, uh, let me give them a shameless plug first. They have their own Instagram. It's at uh, Good Golden Boys, and um, we've been documenting their uh their lives from since before we got them we went and visited them visited them at the breeder and they're um they're you know i i, I think one of the last things i said last week is you know we were talking about different breeds and um whether i would own a greyhound or, you know i i honestly i'd take any dog but what what i said was i had i've had a lifelong love affair with golden retrievers for some reason so um, you know, they're, they're, um, uh, they're trained really well. They're, <clears throat> excuse me, they, um, they're good companions for running. They like to run. Uh, they're the, uh, uh, they're so sweet. I mean, they're, they're the, the only complaint, and it's not a complaint of me, but a complaint I've heard of other people is that, that they, that they shed quite a bit. So you gotta keep those, those $500 Dyson super pet uh, machines running all the time. <laughs> so, um, but they're quite—you uh, know—they're very playful with each other. One—one one of them is a uh, full American Golden, and, and the other one is half English Cream. So he doesn't have like the full uh, lion's mane in the front of his chest, and and his—he's—he's—they're uh, both about eighty-two, eighty-three pounds. So they're very, very big dogs, and they're—they're they're a lot of fun. They just. Uh, and you know, everybody says this about their big dogs. They stay lap dogs forever. So they are, uh, um, you know, once they take over the couch, it's kind of like, yeah, you, or you either cuddle up with them or go find somewhere else to sit. <laughs> so, um, we, we had a, we had a rule and I've always had this rule myself, um, that, that my, my dogs aren't allowed on the couch or on the bed. And, and, mainly the reason for that rule was is that, uh, they, you know, you give them the tick medication and th- the ticks can be on them and then they can drop off and, and get on you. Uh, so, but the last couple of years they had, I didn't know about this, but they had a, uh, um, uh, tick treatment that they can put on your lawn. So I have a, I have a large backyard. It's kind of woodsy and, um, so I had the, um, the, my regular, uh, exterminators to keep the, keep the bugs out, um, um, sp- spray the yard and, and they haven't brought in, uh, I think at the beginning of the year, they brought in one tick that fell off and we found it on the carpet. But, uh, if anybody's out there that has, uh, not necessarily a tick problem, but they, so they spray it initially to kill all the ticks that are out there and then they spray it, uh uh once a month i think it is they do follow-up sprays and it's not harmful to the dogs it's not harmful to the squirrels it's not harmful to anything but the ticks so it keeps the ticks out of the house and um
1: so we kind of let the dogs on the couch now and then when they're being super sweet (laughs) yep no we we do the same thing out here um and there are some environmentally friendly um stuff that you can be used. We have the yard spray because I get um, irrigation twice every two weeks. So the irrigation water that comes from the oh, canals, yeah. it will always have ticks in it and all that. And so I don't believe, I didn't want to be always constantly putting a chemical on my, my beloved pets. Uh, so yeah, we right. resorted to other things and have not had a tick problem in probably three years now. Uh, so Yeah, much and to I, my
3: surprise, I was like, this isn't going to work. This doesn't seem like it's going to work. You know, it seemed like one of those snake oil things that they sell you you know
1: but it works it It, works really well it works no and for us um our greyhounds are notorious for unfortunately a lot of them do end up getting cancer and we discovered that the greyhounds that we have now have been living to an older age and not um, getting cancer at the seven to uh years to eight years of age and I'm, you know, I'm not a scientist. I have nothing to prove it, but I think it's a little bit to deal with that we're not been putting the chemicals on our dogs. Do you think it
3: has anything to do with, uh, with m- maybe uh, better breeding over the last 15
1: years or so, where they it's sort possible. Of bred that trait out, maybe a little bit? It it might be possible because as uh, greyhound racing has um, slowed down, uh, there are there's definitely some lines of dogs that are not. Um, being bred anymore but you know i'm, I'm still just always going mm-hmm. with it i'm not putting chemicals on my dog in. <laughs>
3: but well the important you know, we, thing is is they're living longer no matter what the reason that's the that's the thing
1: exactly i mean and they they do bring a lot of joy to our lives and i would encourage anyone listening out there if you do not have a pet you know i know marcy and i we are into the greyhounds but I respect you for whatever pet you would want to get that's going to bring joy to your family. If you were thinking about it, reach out to the local shelters in your area and give it consideration. Uh, there's a lot of animals out there that need our help and would be happy to have a loving home that you could provide them. And
2: yeah, for, for sure in there, with so. uh, Greyhounds really need help now to be adopted, so I'm going to ask my friends and family, to adopt a greyhound. <laughs>
3: Always. I have read that um, a lot of shelters are, are uh, doing quite well with emptying people out because people are adopting animals during the uh, quarantine phase that we're all in here or, or, or shelter-at-home phase, whatever you'd like to call it in your state. And um, I, I, I have read that a lot of local... Um, uh, shelters around here in Northern Virginia are are adopting at unprecedented rates, which is great. So that, yeah, that uh, that's it's a awesome. Good by Well,
1: and a few weeks ago, we on our show we did talk a little bit about for those who have just recently adopted new pets. Um, you know, we know you're all we're all at home right now. So this this pet you have is used to you being there seven by twenty four. And in the greyhound world, most of the time people will adopt a new greyhound on a Friday night or Saturday morning. And we always had this mm-hmm. thing we told them to do is to prepare for the Monday morning blues when you head off to work. Uh, so yeah. over the weekend, kind of kind of work with the animal that you're going to be leaving and build up on it. And I just do want to remind mm-hmm. people that at some point in time, we hopefully are going to be going back to concerts, movies, dinner, uh, uh, work. Uh, so... Just, just prepare whatever new pet you have for that Monday morning blue when it does come. Mm-hmm. Now, now bef- before we get going, or I know th- Marcy, you may have a couple questions. I do know one of your fans on uh, the Kicks fans page did want to just say wish the band well, and hope you're all healthy, and they can't wait to see you guys again performing. Was well,
2: that Joe that said
1: that? Yeah.
2: I think, yeah, hi Joe. Thanks for the question. Thanks for, uh, we, I have your question from last week. I may read it. Uh, thank you for putting that on the page, and uh, I know the guys appreciate it. I know that yeah, the crew we appreciate it course. To you, yeah,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: you know, I have Frank sitting here as part of the crew, and he's like, I can't wait to get back out.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all hoping that it's going to be sooner rather than later, but we're we're hearing we're hearing some weird stuff going on with the, with the concert industry that, um, that the um, live nation and AEG are renegotiating all the contracts with all the bands and uh, trying to put, uh, trying to renegotiate them at a lower rate without the guarantees. And uh, we, luckily we don't do too many live nation and AEG things, but, we did actually uh lose one date because of that so they tried to they came back to our agent and, and they canceled all contracts that were in place and they um tried to renegotiate us at a at a lower rate and we just uh we decided a hard pass on that we're not uh, we're not going to do what we do for less we're not worth less than we were before this um and it, it's i think it's pretty Pretty low of them to um, sort of put the stones to the artist as a result of, of this thing that we have going on, and uh, it's a, a pretty crappy thing to do, and, and we're not going to put up with it. So we've so we passed on one gig that they tried to renegotiate on us, and that's a goner. So um, so, w- but so far, other than that, that's the only problem we've had. Uh, everything else is still still a go.
1: Right. But it's unfortunate
3: no, I, I, that that yeah. a large company like that would take the the opportunity like this to to sort of bend the artists over. Um, and what, when things get back to normal, so it's unfortunate. I'm calling that, out ESPN yeah, and Live Nation
1: on that. That's just not right. You guys are the ones that have have brought them the ability to make money. And it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Now I did I did see earlier in the week I was reading an article and I forget which artist it was was going to be doing a live concert at I think it was a drive-in theater so the concert goers would all be in their car staying in their cars um, listening right. watching the live concert and I I just thought to myself well there's some out of the box thinking.
3: Yeah, that's a great idea. I saw that I saw that somewhere and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Jeez, the only dr- only drive-in we have around here. What's that one up on 15, Marcy, when you're when you're he- sort of heading into uh Oh um, yeah. Is it like um, is it called Hills Har- Drive-In or something like that? I think
2: it's Har's what Drive-In. It? H H-A-R. Har's
3: R S Drive-In. Har- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one within like a 1000-mile radius of here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> few Well, they've they been anymore. there forever. Yeah. Well, they would, uh, and we can get John to bring Harris in a to check lot of that out for
1: us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, let's do something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 get let's get kicks out there and get the fans excited and uh you know, get get everyone uh back to being somewhat normal um, and in a healthy way. Um, and I'm going to yeah, give it a little would be cool plug to do a car drive-in. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I when I saw it, I first like it, and I was like, this would be kind of fun, um, especially for those of us like mm-hmm. myself who grew up going to, to the drive-in theater, um, Yeah. typically not watching the movie, but maybe smoking something in the back of the truck, but uh, those were different <laughs> days. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. Hanging but, um... that crappy speaker on your window. Oh, God, those things sucked.
2: <laughs> oh, didn't
1: they? Oh, my gosh. Oh.
2: We're all showing our
1: age here now. You know this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give a little plug because I, hopefully you guys will get back to uh, Ro- uh, Dewey Beach at the uh, Rusty Rudder there. And I'll just tell all the Kix fans, that when, once it happens and you get back to going to either Rehoboth Beach or uh, Dewey Beach there, um, after the show, go by the uh, Red Square. It's uh, on the main street yeah. in Rehoboth. And go go in and have some awesome drinks and just tell the owner... Victoria Rory sent you. Or actually, don't even do the drinks. Just do the vodka straight. She has over a hundred different vodkas, and there are some amazing wow. tastes. But uh, this, but this just is the place oh. where I
2: was introduced to caviar by Kathy and Bellini.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: I can. I can't so. wait to go back and see Victoria.
1: Oh yeah, they. To help her out, we actually ordered, we won't do it now because we don't want it coming in the summertime, but we did a few weeks ago order uh, some caviar and had her send it out to us to to help her shop out. Uh, with that said, I know, um, I saw those Marci-
2: pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, so Marci, jealous, Mar-
1: I'm like, uh Well, you could have flown out.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: I could have. <laughs> well, Marcy, why don't we get into some more of the fan questions, um, see where... See what we can get going here.
2: All right. I have one here that I picked. It's multifaceted, Mark, so I'm going to read here for a little bit. It is from Mike McGuire. Here we go. I know you had a lot to do with the recording and mixing of Rock Your Face Off and, again, on Blow My Fuse Reblown. Do you think we will ever see any of the other albums remixed, some of the others, like Midnight or Hotwire, seem to have been recorded at different volumes, even on the same album from track to track. That's question number one mm-hmm. from Mike. The second one was your choice. Um, I'll go introduce ahead. introduce question one first. No, no, go ahead.
3: Um, you want me to answer question one first, or you want to throw them all out there?
2: Yeah. No, no. Go with question one um, first, and then we'll get back to the second
3: one. So the um, I mentioned last week that uh, um, Bow Hill is is really interested in doing Midnight Dynamite. Um, so that one we'll probably uh, we'll get to when things get back to normal. We'll start start working on that and start uh, start um, negotiating the license for it. Actually, I think we have started negotiating the licensing, but. Because uh, Rhino Records owns owns the licensing, and I think I think we've started on that. I, I'd have to check with Madeline. Shout out to Madeline, our 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 manager, de facto manager. Um, the uh, it's unlikely we'll do a remix for Hotwire because the guys have always been thrilled with that mix. Um, we'll probably do a remaster, and then we have something else that. That is in the can for Hotwire. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. That I'm not going to say. Um, that will go in with the package. It's a, it's a, um, something that I've been sitting on for about ten years that I found, and uh, just had not had a had a had anything at the right time, or, or uh, it just hasn't been right to release it. So we're going to stick that in with the Hotwire package. Um, and then the Three. first two records. I just, uh, I don't know if there's, uh, you know, uh, cool kids, you know, the band's not really thrilled with that record. So I don't know if we'd spend the time and the money to try to re-release that or remix that, but the first album, who knows that, that might be a possibility. I have to ask Bo if he'd be interested in doing that. Um, Bo Hill, that is. Um, so that, so that's the, that's what you're probably going to see next is a, is a Midnight Dynamite remix from Bo Hill because he's super keen on it. And he, he's every time I talk to him, he's he he. Uh, and I talk to him a lot. It's what, it always comes up in conversation. because uh, we had Jimmy and I had him do, um, we got a hold of Walking Away because we wanted to use the backing tracks to try to play it live. And um, so we got a hold of the original master tapes for just that one song and sent everything to Bo and the whole, the whole package had his, um, we we had it digitized from the master tapes into pro tools. And they took pictures of all the, um, documentation that went with it. So Bo's, all his handwriting on all his notes on every track and, and man was he, he was a really happy man that day looking through all of his old work and sort of reliving his youth more or less. Um, so, uh, other than those those two, uh, you probably won't see their earlier albums remixed. Um, but uh, we got a, a package plan for Hotwire and a re, uh, probably a remix for Midnight Dynamite as well. But
2: that's all. Well, and you piqued
1: you piqued my interest with something you found from ten years ago, and the, to me, that's. Well, I was like, "Oh, can't wait to find out what it is." So yeah, there, listeners, yes, you've got something
3: to look forward to. It's older than that, it's older than ten years. I've just had it for ten years, and I haven't had a had, there hasn't been a spot to release it. So, um, so uh, it's ready to go, but it's going to be cool. You'll everybody will like it.
1: Awesome.
2: <clears throat> now here's a question of mine. <laughs> I know I've asked for it many times, but. Are you guys going to play anything else from Hotwire? Specifically, one of my favorites, "Bump the La La."
3: Um, I don't know. You know, I think that I think that the way the way that we pick songs to play is um, part of it is Steve will suggest them based on what he thinks he can sing really well. So. As you know, Steve's a perfectionist with his vocal presentation. And he spends a lot of time warming up, taking care of himself when we're not playing, um, and and making sure that, that he can do the best vocal performance that's possible for him. And some of those songs, just they don't really fit his voice anymore, because your voice changes over time as you grow. He still has the same sound, and he can still sing you know, all the high stuff, but it's not the high stuff that's, that's the thing. It's whether that, you know, whether you can make those noises with your throat and your mouth anymore in the same way and actually sound good. And so w- when he brings up songs, there's songs that, that he's already looked into and maybe spent a couple days trying to sing and making sure that he can still sing it. So, um, I, I think Bump the Lala has come up now and then, and then in a group of songs that Steve will pull out, um, it maybe just doesn't make the cut because the other songs are, are better or sound better or work better live. So, so, yes, it's a possibility. Yes, it has come up before, but, um, it, uh, the, you know, don't lose hope on it. It, it. it may make an appearance at some point. Well, I, I just wanted I'm to glad I
2: asked this question.
1: No, and I was just going to say, um, (laughs) Steve's Steve's voice is—you can tell—he puts a lot into it, and uh, highly respectful that he's, you know, going to want to only do a good performance, and you know, we can't can't fault him for that. And he does a great, great job, and just sounds tremendous.
3: Yeah. Oh my God! Part of that is because he's he's picking the right songs that that are working for him. At this point in time, you know, he's, you know, we're not trying to, trying to play, you know, we have the favorite, the fan favorites, but when we do the, the, you know, we pull deep tracks and we change the set list up all the time. And, you know, Steve is is not going to pick a song that he's not comfortable with. It's just not going to happen because he doesn't want to give a subpar performance. He just won't do it. So he says, he says, this one's, this song's not fitting my voice right now. It's not that he can't do it, it's just that it's not fitting him, and he's not feeling it, and it doesn't sound the way he wants it to sound, and so we don't do it. So, right. you know, the, the songs that we played are, are mostly based on, on what Steve picks and what he feels like he can crush.
1: Excellent. Well, Marcia, I know you have some more questions, but the, the pups do need to get out and stay healthy by washing their paws, so we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. G-P-M. 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 G-P-M gpa that's
2: greyhound pets of america if you would like information on how you can adopt an x-racing greyhound call 800-366-1472
0: these dogs are fit healthy happy playful pets good with children and oh do they love lots of hugs adopt a cool greyhound today
2: call 800-366-1472
0: You are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory, TJ, and Kathy. To find out more about the show and what we do, please send an email to gmgp3 at yahoo.com. That's gmgp3 at yahoo.com. Now, back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets.
1: Screw that. It's not Greyhounds Make Great Pets today. It is Kicks fans make great fans. And with that said, I'm going <laughs> to... Introduce uh, reintroduce us to Marcy, our lovely co-host today. Marcy, take it away.
2: Oh, here we go. Part two, or no, that's part two for the entire day. Second half. Let's get this yeah. right. So, well, you know, when you're in quarantine, sometimes your mind goes the wrong direction. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to um, the second part of that question from Mike McGuire before I move on to another one. Okay. Uh, Mark, your choice to play without a pick. Is it just the sound thing, preference, style? And also on a side note, the Sundogs need to do a show around the Annapolis, Maryland area. Thanks for the great music, Mark. And that's from Mike.
3: <laughs> well, Sundogs in Annapolis, you'd have to get in touch with Union Jacks. They they actually were offered Sun Dogs and they passed. So um that's about the only place to play in Annapolis. But uh, I'm sure our agent will ask them again at some point but because um, so, Kicks plays Union Jacks, and I think Sundogs would do really well at Union Jacks, but uh, they, their guy passed on it one time. I think it was last summer, so we're going to ask him again after all this mess is over. Um, well, somebody pick, needs to show them the picture I, when, from Tally Ho. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I know, I know. I know we do well, but... Yeah, but he, well, the, I think what it is, is that he doesn't really do tribute bands in there, so, you know, he, he. Uh, uh, but, you know, we can convince him, We it's, it's just a matter of our agent pestering him enough, that's usually w- what it is, our agent's pretty good, so shout out to Rich Goldberg, our agent at Ultra Artists, um, for Sundogs, our, our agent for Kicks, of course, is Sullivan Big at Big Time Entertainment, and Los Angeles, California. Shout out to Sully. Um, Yay, so playing with a pick, yeah, playing with a pick for, for me, um, I never, uh, when I started out at playing guitar and playing guitar in bars and bar bands for the longest time before I switched over to bass, um, none of my favorite bass players played with a pick. So I always thought that, uh, that playing with a pick was, you know, and and, and I know there's, plenty of bass players who play with a pick who are great, who can probably dust me. But um, my favorite bass players played with their fingers. And I always felt like um, to get that piano-type tone with the harmonic-rich um, sound, that you had to use your fingers in a finger-style way and sort of, sort of play like a piano hammer does on a string. So it's called piano-style style, piano finger-picking. And that's a, that's the way that I play. So I hit the strings coming down from the top rather than raking them across them, and um, and it's a style that gives you that that uh, that John Entwistle, um getty Lee tone. You know that has it's very rich in, in harmonics and and um, and you know as 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 a young bass player, I don't think I started playing bass until I was 20, 21 or twenty two, I think. After playing guitar since I was thirteen. Um, and, you know, my favorite bass players were, you know, Getty Lee, John Atwistle, um, and, uh, uh, John Paul Jones is also a pick, uh, or sorry, fingerstyle player. The one lone exception and also one of my favorite, uh, bass players that I learned a lot from was, uh, Chris Squire from Yes. He was, uh, n- notorious. You know, you listen around about that is definitely a pick on those strings. And, uh interestingly, uh, he, you know, he was so famous for being a bass player with a a, a a pick, using a pick that his particular pick that he used was called a Herco. And that company would sell those picks because Chris Squire used exclusively the uh, Herco and whatever the gauge it was. And uh, you would see them in music stores all the time. I don't think I ever bought one because I'm like, well, I'm not going to play with picks. so but it is a it is a tone thing for me and and it is a uh, um uh it, it is a that's ha- that's just how i saw my heroes play and so trying to emulate my heroes I, I never i never bothered playing with a pick i just always learned everything finger style and that's always worked for me so that's uh, that's why i don't use a pick
2: good explanation i like it
3: and you do oh, have a great question. sound. Thank you, thank you. I've worked on that tone for a long time. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, but it, it works good for me.
1: Now, do you do you, for your tone? You know, Eddie Van Halen had the Brown sound. Do you have a sound, a name for your tone, or? Yeah, well, I,
3: you know, when I t- when I test, a lot of times I'll get to a festival and I might get get a, a amp that's not so great that they haven't changed the tubes in or a while for a while, and, um, you know, I try to play, uh, uh, there's a couple of things that I play. I'll, I'll play, like, the chorus from Won't Get Fooled Again, and I'll play a couple of couple of lines from a couple different Rush songs and try to see if, if I get, it's just called the piano. I, I, I'm looking for my E string to sound like a piano, uh, 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 like the E string on a piano. So it uh-huh. has to have that tone, it has to ring, it has to have rich harmonic content, and so, some of it has to do with the pedals that I use, with compressors and distortion and all that stuff. But, but it's it's definitely a a, a piano like tone that uh, that it, it just resembles a piano in many ways, and and so I look for that by playing those little passages. I'll just play them real quick, and you know, make my adjustments and and. You know, usually I can dial it in pretty quick. So, um, but that's what it's—that's what I'm looking for in my head when I first plug into an amp that doesn't belong to me at, at a festival. So, because awesome. I know my amps sound like that because they're already dialed in. So,
1: <laughs> well, Marcy, back to you.
3: All
2: right, I have another question, and this one comes from Mark Olman. Uh, when you originally joined Funny Money, did you ever think it would go from playing weekend shows with Funny Money to 17-plus years traveling all of North America and even Europe playing in a Reformed Kicks? Thanks for the consideration. Mark.
3: Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's odd the way that that happened. I remember... Um, Getting a call. Well, first of all, let me say that I, that before kicks, I had al- already traveled all over North America and Europe, so um, it wasn't new for me traveling. Um, being in a military family, that's just what what we did. Um, but now I just get to do it for a really long time. <laughs> so, um, when when I got the call for um, for Funny Money, Steve had called me and and. He, he remembered me from warming up for Kicks back in the day because I'd been friends with Ronnie since uh, since before they released Midnight Dynamite. So I'd known Ronnie a very long time. And um, Ronnie would always get, get my cover bands and my original bands back then, warm-up gigs for Kicks, and Steve remembered me. And he just called me and said, hey, I, listen, I remember you. I remember that, that you could play and I have this spot open in, in Funny Money, and it's yours if you want it. You don't have to audition. And I was like, I was, and I asked him, you know, how often do you play and all that stuff? And, and um, once I got in the band and we started playing kick songs and, and it start, we started doing the thing where the Blues Vultures would warm up for Funny Money, and then Ronnie would come up and play um, uh, a, a mini kick set at the end of the show uh, before we got Brian involved. And I, I, I had a feeling that it was going to evolve into that. I mean, there wasn't, uh, I, I just didn't, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't not think that it wouldn't happen. Um, but I wasn't pushing for it. You know, I wasn't saying, Hey, we should do this. We should do that. But it was definitely talked about back then by, um, you know, Steve and Jimmy and, and, you know, Ronnie was a little a little resistant about it because it was his band that he started with Donnie and, and um he he just wasn't real too all that sure about it but um so so I never pushed for it but when it came up I was always in agreement uh but I wasn't the I wasn't the uh um but after we got Brian involved I, did, I the first show after the first show we did with Brian I was like hey we should do this all the time so I definitely was I definitely was a pusher after in an actuator after Brian uh after we did the first couple shows with Brian and it was like okay we should do this all the time and and then uh then we got hooked up with Sullivan and then things took off from there so so yeah i didn't i, I it's not that i thought with you know the crystal ball that it would be 17 years of of you know of working in this band and making music with these guys but I certainly had an inkling that it was possible and, and I was wherever possible I would throw in my uh, you know, my new guy opinion. <laughs> and say, Hey, you know, we should do this. So I remember the, the very was,
2: first reunion show that you guys did, it was at the Dragonfly in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the day after Christmas two thousand three.
3: I think it was Thunderdome before that. Thunderdome was the Not very, any- very first one. Yeah. Was it? Because I thought that we, was right because, after it. No, nah, because Blues Vultures and Funny Money played and then Kicks played. So it was it was it was a um yeah, it was at the Thunderdome. But we did I think you know, we could have done Dragonfly the very next night. But it was it was very it was very close to them, but the Thunderdome was the one that, that started it all. So which, unfortunately okay, isn't there then. anymore, but um, but we do Ramshead, which is better anyways. So so no. Well, big deal.
2: Dragonfly isn't there either.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: In it was Harrisburg. A good
3: club too. We enjoyed that place. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Unfortunately, but Club XL does not suck in Harrisburg, so we really like that place. Oh, no, so it it it's doesn't. a good uh, good alternative. So so now yeah. So XL that's the answer Live, to that. Isn't it? Yeah, XL Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that question answered. Now we have another one. Yep. I'm not sure who okay. the person is because from their email, I can't tell. And they didn't sign it, <laughs> but
3: it's from Strange okay. Wings. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, okay, Strange Wings. Here's your question to Mark. Since you were a fan of the band before joining, what are some of your favorite
3: kick songs? Um, I've always liked... Um, Ring Around Rosie is one of my favorites. And I'll I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, uh, When Ronnie and I were friends back then, um, there was a, uh, uh, his girlfriend lived not too far from me, pretty much down the street. And um, he would come over to my house sometime and we would just sit there and jam or just hang out and drink beer or whatever. And one day he shows up at my house and he, He had a a cassette tape and a guitar with him, and he had a demo of Ring Around Rosie with Taylor Rhodes singing on it. So I don't know if people know that Taylor wrote that song, and it it was almost a Loverboy song, um, because he was working with Loverboy at the same time, and Donnie co-wrote that one with Taylor, and it was Taylor's song. He brought it to the band, and they decided to keep it as a kick song, luckily, um, so Ronnie brought that tape over and he said, Man, I gotta you know, I gotta learn this song by tomorrow for practice and you know, I just want you to listen to it and make sure I'm playing the right parts and it was a, it wasn't a very good recording that he had been given to learn the guitar parts from. I remember that. But um he of course being the great guitar player he was and when we listened to it together and, and he had you know, he was playing it all right. He was just nervous about it. But so that's a that's a good one for me. I like Hotwire. Hotwire is always fun to play. Um, uh, Cold Shower. Um, you know, I kind of turned that part into a funk bass part for myself. Um, like playing that one. We're not currently doing that right now. Uh, Boomerang is a deep cut that I always loved, and we got to play when we did the Fuse 30 thing, and that was kind of a surprise. The other guys really liked, liked it too and enjoyed playing that. Um, some of the earlier stuff, uh restless blood is a good one to for me to play i love playing that's pretty high energy and then you know anything off of midnight dynamite cuz that's my favorite record so i love playing midnight dynamite um i like um red hot uh um you know any of the songs off that are good a lot, oh we have, we've never played cry baby off that i love that song um, and uh we you know we might get to that at some point but cry baby's a good one i, I look all of Midnight Dynamite. If we played that whole record front to back, I would I would love to do that at some point. So, um So, yeah, so those are my tops. Cool.
2: I have another question here from an anonymous person. It came to my mm. email, Rory, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. Since fans are doing <laughs> Yeah, they didn't want to be known. I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> Since bands are doing live streaming now, when this pandemic ends, do you think bands will continue to do live streaming and do less travel, maybe reach more people?
3: It's it's hard to say. I don't I don't know. I and you know, live streaming is um you know, to for, for kicks to get together and and set up there is there are expenses as soon as we decide to do a gig. So Brian has to fly in. um, If we do it around here, Brian has to fly in from Nashville. Um, We can't do a show without a crew. And we can't do a show without, um, uh, you know, without sound and lights and a guitar tech and and a drum tech. We need all four of those people. And um, so that incurs an expense. And so streaming for free um, is, is, not something that we'd be capable of doing. We just have, uh, you know, it's just once the kicks machine gets moving, there's instant overhead and we have to find a way to pay for that. You know, we can't just take it out of our, out of our bank account and go, Hey, that was great fun. You know, we, we have a minimum fee that we go out for. And if we, if, if we do a streaming, it'll be a a, sort of like a pay-per-view. Um, and, um, you know, it's just it doesn't seem, it doesn't really seem feasible because, you know, like I said, there's always overhead as soon as the first, as soon as the one thing moves in the kicks camp to make a gig happen, there's, there's overhead and, and we have to recoup that somehow. We can't, we can't afford to play for free. Um It's just, it's, it's too much, too much money for us to shell out for, for no return. And, um, you know, like I said before, last week we were talking about the music business kicks is also a business. And so we have to make sure that, that if we're going to go do something like a live stream, there has to be some return on the investment of getting our guys out, getting our crew out, getting Brian to whatever sound stage we would do live streaming from. So, so take that for what it's worth. It's that's neither a yes or no answer, but, um, Uh, We'll see what happens. Maybe we will be able to do it with with some kind of revenue involved. We'll have to see.
1: I would say I would think Um, at some point in time people or the businesses may start looking at some of these models and trying to figure out if it's feasible, um, how to do it going forward, especially if uh, some venues start having to cut back on how many people they're allowed to have in the venue. Uh, Maybe they, maybe they, they might live stream that, you know, with fewer people in the venue, but live-stream it for a fee. I mean, who knows what might come out of this. Right, right. Hard to say. Well thank, so we'll see.
2: Thanks for answering that, because I know a lot of the Kix fans have been wondering about the live-streaming show.
1: You, you know, yeah. Marcy, I, well, I offered up yesterday 500 bucks for Steve to come on the show and sing a one song.
2: I know, I saw that text come through. I'm like, I'm not asking him. (laughs) He is very, very, like Mark said, very concerned about his voice and his performance. It's always 1,000%. And nobody who really knows the band would ever debunk that. They'd say, yes, definitely. He gives 1,000% every time, just like everybody in the band does. He's just the voice of a lot of it, and he really does take care of it. I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've heard different things uh, from him, specifically when we sit down and have a friend-to-friend conversation. And, you know, I ask him questions back and forth. So for him to come on, that could be, you know, a lot of preparation for him. It's just not him coming in on the phone and like, here I am. You know, there's a whole, like, hour, hour and a half that has to be uh, done for him because he is that much of a showman. He is that much of a professional yes he has fun doing what he does just like all the guys seem to you know that it's fun but it is still a business and you have to treat it that way it's like i said last week you know any business should be 25 percent fun but you still have to pay your bills you still have to have a livelihood so everything is very serious
1: exactly so we're down to about three minutes did you have one more question marcy or the question's over with
2: well, I have one more, and hopefully that's... Mark can answer it quick. It's from Joe Casaro.
3: I'll, I'll try. I hope I
2: pronounced that mm-hmm. correctly, Joe. But uh, my question is: Is Kix working on new music during this downtime, and how are the Sun Dogs doing? <laughs> and who let the um, dogs out? That's the third part.
3: <laughs> yeah, someone asked that last week, and and um, you know we're we're, and I I, I mentioned that you know the. I'm a songwriter. Steve's a songwriter. We're, we're you know, I always write songs. Sometimes they end up being kick songs. Sometimes they don't. Um, so it's we're not writing new material specifically for a kicks record. But I think those of us that write songs are we write songs because that's what we do. And most songs don't end up being kick songs. So um, uh, we you know we we are doing things, but. You know, to put out an album during this time and, and, you know, we're, we're not anywhere near that. So, um, it's, it's just not in the cards right now. Um, when, it, when the time is right, we will put something out, but it's, 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 it's not going to be anytime soon. And Sundogs are rescheduling our shows. We haven't practiced since the beginning of this thing. Um, and it's easy to get rusty playing, you know, two hours of rush. So. Uh, we're going to have to gear up. Well, the first gig we have is August 22nd, um, I think, at the Lamp Theater in somewhere in Virginia. Or, or no, sorry, the Beacon Theater in Ho- Hopewell, Virginia. And Kix is playing there the night before, and Sundogs is playing there the second night. So very convenient. And Dogs is doing well. We're practicing, we're practicing at home, keeping it together, and trying to keep it tight. So hopefully that's a short answer. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Yep, that's well, work. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. I, Mark, I definitely want to thank you uh, for the last two weeks. Uh, Given the Kix fans it's the, a little it's bit of the excitement and the knowledge, um, you're a very smart person. And I, hopefully, one of these days, I can get back there to visit Frank and Marcy and maybe even get back to see you. Uh, Marcy, sure. thank you. Give, your, give our love you're to Frank well. there. I'm sure he's at home there with you. Uh, everyone, yeah, he's
2: in the other room. <laughs>
1: yeah. Everyone, we will at some point in time hopefully be back to where we can go to concerts, movies, dinner. Hang tight, everyone. It'll get back to where we can do these things. Until then, stay healthy, stay safe, and remember to hug the hounds of the world. oh
0: listening this week to greyhounds make great pets please join your hosts rory gore tj beater and kathy gore for another edition of our program next friday at 1 p.m eastern time and 10 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel have a wonderful week